Hello, this is John Mangini, Vice President of Marketing with the New Jersey Bankers Association. Welcome to the New Jersey Banker Podcast. Today, our President and CEO, Mike Afuso, sits down with Stephen Klein, Chair, President, and CEO of Northfield Bank, to discuss an industry outlook for the next two years, his upcoming role as Chair of New Jersey Bankers Board, and more. This episode is brought to you by SEI Sphere. As a managed security services provider, SEI Sphere provides comprehensive business solutions that deliver cybersecurity network operations and cloud services. For more information, visit seic.com backslash sphere. Thanks, John, and thank you, Steve, for being with us today. Really looking forward to uh, the, next, the next year or so working together and uh, facing the challenges uh, together that our industry um, is going to be dealing with. So, so tell me, what do you think the biggest challenge that the banking industry is going to face in the next 12 to 24 months? Well, thank you, Mike. I really appreciate you taking the time uh, today to have this uh, event. Uh, that's a very good question. I think if you had asked me a month ago, uh, my answer would probably have been very different. I think a month ago, I likely would have said it's attracting talent and developing that talent for the next next uh, generation of leaders. Uh, but now I think the biggest challenge is leveling the playing field as it relates to FDIC insurance uh, and the concept of too big to fail and depositors somehow enjoying a, great, a greater amount of protection at very large organizations versus community banks. Uh, I think a depositor, primarily businesses and attorneys, can have significant balances higher than uh, the current FDIC insurance level and should not have to be concerned about their operating accounts, no matter what bank they're at, large or small. Uh, you know, I also think they should uh, not have to divide up their accounts in such a way that is almost impractical. If you're talking about an operating account, you're not going to want to see a company have two, three, four, five payroll accounts so that they can get uh, FDIC insurance at 250000 And I know right now the regulators have just proposed uh, some possible solutions. Uh, I haven't had the opportunity to review them in detail yet, but it sounds, like, it sounds promising. It sounds like they're listening right now, and I look forward to a very productive dialogue between the industry and our regulators in the uh, coming months. Yeah, you know, I, I, I really... Um can appreciate this challenge and I appreciate the, the role that both you and uh, Chris Marr took in, in taking the lead on this for uh, the New Jersey Bankers Association. I know, um, you know, we really, uh, we really jumped out in front of this issue uh, of FDIC insurance and, and the idea of a level playing field. Um, we, we were just recently, and I know we were together in uh, Washington, DC, uh, talking with regulators about um, challenges to the industry, but how do you think we are prepared to meet this challenge, this liquidity challenge and this, this, this leveling of the playing field challenge? I, th I think we're absolutely prepared for it. Um, you know, going back to that, that mid-March timeframe, I couldn't have been more proud of the association and the leaders of the association. Uh, there was no, no one that uh, went home that stuck their head in the sand we understood the issue, and I think where the New Jersey Bankers Association uh, benefits the most from is a very nimble group of individuals, thinkers that lead not only the association, but the community banks and all New Jersey banks. So I, I was uh, 
I was just glad to see how quickly we coalesced around the issue. We surveyed our members very quickly because we want to make sure that it's just not a few people with specific interests or points of views. And so it's that type of response. And, you know, as I sit here and say that, that response is no different than PPP. You know, uh, we all of a sudden were put into a, a firestorm that nobody knew what was going to be going on. And I believe every bank, especially community banks, figured it out very quickly and came to an incredible solution that, that helped solve for some really difficult issues. And I don't see anything different uh, in this time around. Well, I, I know I know I, I stand with uh, my colleagues here at New Jersey Bankers, and we are certainly um, proud to work with you and work for you. And, and I can tell you, I know when we um, did what we did that weekend, I was very sure that we did the right thing without a shadow of a doubt. So, you know, I, I think at these at these times, and you raise the issue of PPP, I think at these times, you know, we see where you all as industry leaders are, and it invigorates the folks here at New Jersey Bankers to, to really step up to the plate. So, so for you and for everybody, thank you for that. Uh, I thank all my uh, fellow community bank leaders and the association leadership too. I mean, the, it, it, it's a team and it, it really came together at PPP. And I think it came together that whole March 10th weekend and beyond. Absolutely. So looking looking back, so we see what the challenges are. We think we know what the challenges are uh, going forward. Looking back as we kind of came through COVID and kind of accelerated through, you know, the back end of COVID, um, what do you think has been the biggest change in the last year or so? And, you know, how is that going to affect us going forward? I, you know, when I think about over the last couple of years and you just think about all the actions that that our government took to respond to COVID and the Federal Reserve and the amount of liquidity that came into this system over the last couple of years. And as you know, it, it almost seems as quickly now that it came in and every some some banks and, and some financial institutions took positions maybe thinking that liquidity would be around longer than it might otherwise be. I think the actions of the Fed over the last year, uh, you know, tomorrow the Fed will be uh, meeting again, uh, will be concluding their meeting and, and making a decision on rates. But so far through May 2nd, you know, we've seen nine uh, rate hikes. Uh, I think, you know, 475 basis points. I've been in this uh, business for a very long time. I, I, I can't personally recall ever seeing that level of increase that quickly. And that has been, I think, one of the biggest challenges, not only the liquidity coming in and now going out of the system again and being drawn back by not only the Federal Reserve, but money's moving out of the banking system and going to money market funds and such. And you couple that with a dramatic rise in interest rates that is really going to be the challenge for banks over the, and I don't think it's going to be a long challenge. I, I I believe that banks, you know, are very good managers of their assets and liabilities. That's, you know, there's two things we manage as a bank, interest rate risk and credit risk. And I think the, the, the banks have done very good on the credit side and uh, also on the interest rate side. There, that's not to say there won't be some pain, 
and there I think it's being borne out right now, as you can see in uh, in earnings releases from community banks. But it's a short period of time. It, those things will turn around quickly. We should see earning assets starting to reprice. You know, I I think most people are hoping that the Fed takes their foot off the gas pedal after the uh, May 3rd meeting uh, tomorrow. But I think either way, banks' balance sheets will respond and react accordingly over a reasonable period of time. So that's what you think is going to happen. What do you think is going to be the biggest surprise in the next 12, 20 months? The biggest surprise, I'll tell you, it's the same surprise we have right now. Historically, from my point of view, it's always been credit that has killed the bank. Right now, you know, it, it's it's really nothing that banks themselves are doing, but everything that may be swirling around them with perceptions uh, about liquidity and uh, interest rate risk. And so things that may all community banks and banks that may have very solid foundations, there may be something that happens, as we saw across the country, that all of a sudden causes question uh, to, to the system. And in today's world with social media, with, with the ability to move money as quickly as it can, it seems to be, well, you know what? Move your money now and ask questions later. So I think that's going to be the challenge is managing messaging and not only our messaging, but the messaging that's coming from the outside. And that will be the biggest challenge because it, it really is a balancing act. We saw that in mid-March. Uh, you needed to, you know, I was very pleased to see how a lot of community bank customers responded during that uh that point in time where many weren't listening to the talking heads on TV, many weren't uh, looking at the social media posts. They understood their community banks because their, their community banks understand them. And so I, I think it's going to be important that we continue to stay close to those customers, make sure they understand how we operate, how we are there for them, and that you know we don't get the contagion that may be caused by just about anything nowadays you could you might be able to see on TV. Yeah, it's such it's such an interesting, it's such an interesting situation that, you know, an, an ill-timed or an, an ill-worded tweet could uh, cause some type of contagion and some type of panic. Um, or some or some business writer that is looking for some angle or story and, and just takes a perspective and runs with it without having the full you and and then you're you're on the defense and, and like we said a lot in today's world given the speed of how money moves that you know you may not even get a chance to play defense yeah yeah i i i do a lot of reading i read a lot of um get a lot of uh email blogs in different areas and and uh just this morning i um i read a piece that um is usually you know, I, I think they usually do a good job and they delve into all areas of, of uh, American policy, foreign policy, et cetera. And uh, their, one of their leads was the fact that taxpayers were going to be bailing out a bank. And that's far from the truth. But people see the deposit insurance fund as a taxpayer funded entity when it is not a taxpayer funded entity. 
And the folks that write for this group, I think, are people that would generally do a deep dive. But, you know, we're all lazy people and we all try to do a little bit of shorthand. And, um, you know, I think, unfortunately, if you either have, you know, the, the, the sin of fatigue or, or, or the sin of just a personal bias, it could come to fore in, in writing and um, it just becomes very, very problematic. Yeah, I've seen people jump to what what appear to be reasonable conclusions, but again, they don't understand the issue, they don't have the time, or they don't want to understand the issue because that doesn't make for good press. Exactly, exactly. So let's let's move beyond the uh, the issues that the industry faces today um, and talk a little bit about um, New Jersey bankers and um, you're you're going to be. The chair starting um, after our May conference, and uh, tell me about the impact that you would like to make uh, as the chair for your year. Well, first of all, I, I, you know what? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say I really do appreciate and uh, and I'm honored that my fellow community bankers have uh, nominated nominated me for this position. It really it, it really means a lot to me, and I will say too, I, I'm very fortunate to be have a long line of terrific leaders many of them were my mentors for many years visionaries in the industry and i think they have created a, a very good path forward and just in you know the recent chairs i think that the my number one focus and uh this is this is really leveraging off of of prior leadership and, and my prior chair, Chris Marr, is developing the future leaders of the industry. It's just not our challenge. Of course, a lot of industries face this, but we probably face it more so than others. Uh, sometimes banking isn't seen to be that exciting or sexy. And uh, I think over the last last couple of years, and I think over the last year, we have really embraced this, this professional development of our our future leaders, and more so in an internship program. I love hearing interns saying, I didn't know a bank could be so exciting. I've talked to my, you know, and we had a an exit uh, meeting with most of our interns, and they compared their internships with some other of their friends in school. And by far, they they had a better experience. They, they were more challenged. They found it to be more dynamic, and so that that's that that's refreshing to hear. I think that is so positive, and we have to, you know, it's sort of like you you continue to grow the message. Five people get it from Northfield this year. Fifteen people get it from another community bank, whether it's Ocean First, Providence Valley, and so on. I think that message grows and it grows quickly, and the the work New Jersey Bankers is doing right now to support professional development of our future leaders and the internship program is, uh, you know, I think instrumental as we move forward. I think also given all the things we just talked about, the challenges of the last year, PPP and, and really community banking in general. Uh, another thing is important is the messaging, messaging of how important community banking is to uh, so many stakeholders, uh, more, most importantly, the customers, the communities we serve, uh, but you know our government representatives and community leaders, our our, uh, our leaders, our political leaders in our local marketplace, uh, 
I think they understand it, and we have to make sure they continue to understand the importance of community banking and the, the critical role we serve in the economy. And, and the third leg of that stool, from my perspective, because I do think, it, and it probably goes back to professional development and the co community service side on number two, is uh, DEI. Uh, I think we continue to see um, our workforce and our communities becoming more diverse. And I think the, the more we can focus on those uh, diversities and how we can better serve our communities and attract new talent from the, from the lens of uh, DEI, I think it's a winning model altogether as we go into the next, especially my year, but the next 25 years. Yeah, we have we have a lot of work to do. We have a great uh, a great foundation from which to build from, and uh, you know we here at, at New Jersey Bankers we look forward to it. I mean we have we have colleagues here that are second to none. The the work that Jess Jacobson has done in the area of professional development and diversity, equity, and inclusion has been fantastic. Um, the work that Brittany Wheeler is going to do about telling the story and interfacing with uh, our electeds. Um, you know, that's going to be a really key role. So uh, we look forward to that um, and, and, and telling that story. And, you know, I would be remiss that um, I not recognize our colleague, John Mangini, also, who's, who's the brains behind this podcast, um, because this is yet again a new way that we could get our message out to uh, a whole other group of folks and, and the good things that our industry is doing. So if you could talk about your interns and that great experience that they had, um, and you had one message for emerging leaders in the banking industry, what would it be? Going back to the, the internship program that just completed last year and, and the Top Golf event where I got to meet the interns at so many financial institutions, I can't tell you how impressed I was with their energy and their enthusiasm. And I would just encourage them, you know, keep talking to your leaders, keep uh, leaning into the challenges and push to be part of the solutions. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, we have a great deal of talent at the top of the house. And I think at the, as people are coming into our industry, they are energized. They, they are open to so many new ideas of tackling the, ch the challenges we have. I would just encourage them to, to keep leaning in, keep saying yes, keep asking questions. And pretty soon they're going to find that they're just not on the fringe of the process, but they're going to quickly become part of the process. That their perspective and their points of view and their energy is contagious. And I think it, it, they, they will quickly see the fruits of their labor and their contributions. So keep, keep doing what they're doing, lean in, and have that same level of energy. That's great, Steve. And I, I really appreciate you know, your time. Our time here is uh, coming quickly to a close. So uh, once again, I want to thank my guest, Steve Klein, Chair, President, and CEO of Northfield Bank, and the new chair of the NJ Bankers Board of Directors. For the New Jersey Banker Podcast, I'm Mike Afuso. Thank you, Michael.